Hello and welcome to this episode of the Desert Tiger Podcast. I am your host here on the show, here at the DTP. My name is Colton Geschwantner. And today on this episode of the show, I am joined by John Angus McDonald, lead guitarist of The Trues. Today, I'm going to be speaking with John all about The Trues' latest album, Civilionaires. And of course, I'm going to be playing you a couple of tracks off that new album as well. But before we can go ahead and do that, I want to go and thank everyone who checked out last week's episode. That being episode 52, featuring hip-hop artist and indifference visionary Marcus Haran. I got a lot of positive feedback about that episode, and that makes me extremely happy to hear those sorts of things. I also want to go ahead and thank anyone who shared that episode on any of their social media platforms or any of our other past episodes because you guys don't realize how much that actually helps this show out and how much it helps us grow, so I'm very thankful for that. And to any of you who went ahead and picked up a Desert Tiger t-shirt, that is the other thing that helps me bring you this show for free every single week. So I am very excited and thankful that some of you are actually willing to rep the tiger while you're walking down the street, hanging out with your friends, whatever it is that you love to do. So like you guys heard me say at the top of the show, my guest here today is John Angus McDonald, lead guitarist for The Trues. The Trues are currently on the road in support of their latest album, Civilionaires, and I caught up with John when the band stopped to play a show at Cactus Jack's in Kamloops, British Columbia. It was a fantastic show, by the way, and me and John discussed all things Civilionaires. Of course, The Trues are coming off of a Greatest Hits album that they released in 2016 entitled Time Capsule, so this was a bit of a different album cycle for the band than they're normally used to. So we're going to talk all about that and we're going to discuss of course the collaborators that went into this album because if you are a true troubadour you know that the band has always had a strong group of collaborators that they like to call honorary members. So we're going to discuss who got to put their hands and help mold the clay here with Civilionaires. We're also going to talk what is the future of the band is, of course, coming off of a Greatest Hits. That's sort of a bookend. So this being the first chapter of that next book, where do the Trues see themselves going and progressing into the future? What would they like to do? What did they like with Civilianaires that they would like to continue to take forward into their next albums? We're going to discuss all these things with the band, plus so, so much more. So, troubadours, unite and rejoice and cheer, because we're about to go deep into the jungle as John Angus McDonald gives us a little bit of the behind-the-scenes look on Civilionaires. So, what better way to kick all of this off with a little bit of energy, with a little bit of groove, because I know that all you Truce fans and all you crazy Desert Tiger listeners love to dance. So why don't you go ahead and shake, 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 shake your way to the title track, Civilionaires. Your heart is in my head, my heart is in your hand. Lighters in the dark Yes we are You are my woman Before I turn you
the Desert Tiger Podcast. We are here with John Angus McDonald of the Trues. How is it going today, my friend? It's going good. Ah, I am very, very glad to hear that. You guys are in the middle of the Canadian... Well, I guess you guys are at the start of the Canadian leg of the Civilian Airs Tour. Yeah. Okay. It's got an interesting route to it. We go from... Uh, well, we were in Lloydminster the night before last here, and then we go to Victoria and do a couple shows on the island, then start heading back east. Oh, wow. So it, it crisscrosses a little bit. But yeah, a little bit of a route around right there. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Uh, no issue with that, though. I mean, it's always good to see a little bit of the road, catch some of the scenery. Yeah, totally. I mean, that's the nature of Canadian touring, too. Like, there's... There's so many little towns in between the big stops, mm-hmm. and uh, we've made it a habit to kind of stop at most of them. Oh, um, really? And you can't always have the night you want when you want it. So mm-hmm. sometimes you end up crisscrossing a little bit and backtracking a little bit, which is why we take this great big tour bus because we can sleep through those drives. That's the that's the oh, theory, anyway. Definitely a little bit of uh, comfort, much more comfier than the vehicles I'm sure you guys started out with. <laughs> we've we've traveled on everything. <laughs> From tiny vans to to buses. Yeah, to cars, to planes, trains, and automobiles, and everything in between. What, whatever it takes, right? Whatever it, whatever gets you there. All for the journey, all for the passion. That's right. Okay, so you guys actually hit up the United States first on the Civilianaires did. support, did you not? We did some stuff there. We didn't do a full-scale tour, but we went to New York City and did like two days of press and a show. Okay. And we did a few other things in upstate New York think what else we did in the states we have some more coming up at the mm. end of march and in right. april probably another like 10 shows nice so we're just picking away at it uh, mm. but we i don't think we'll launch like a national american tour because that's just like it's just such a massive undertaking yeah we don't we haven't really done that i mean maybe once or twice as a support band okay but normally we stick to like regional mm. runs down in america canada is the only country we sort of tour coast to coast on any consistent mm. basis all right, so the album released in 2018. Is there any specific reason, like, why there's a little bit of time in between the release and the tour? Yeah. Oh, the release and the tour, that was intentional. Okay. Um, we wanted to, um, well, for a couple of reasons. We wanted to put a little distance between what we had done in the summer. Mm-hmm. Uh, we played a lot of, of places in the summer. We had a single out. We had two singles out, actually, by the, by the summertime. Mm-hmm. So. So we hit a lot of cities. We played twice in Toronto. We played in Calgary. We played in uh, Edmonton. We played in East, uh, you know, Halifax mm-hmm. and St. John's. And so we wanted to like put a little time between going back to all those cities because the album yeah. came out in September. So so we put six months in between. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, these days it's tough to keep an album alive in the in the minds of people you know very much so it used to be that we put out a record and it was new for a year and a half Mm -hmm. but now it's a month and a half it seems like it's all over well it's it's almost amazing how people's attention spans have almost just eviscerated uh, oh and even just in a decade where you guys can go from having an entire album where you guys can go off the laurels of that for three years and then yeah, you guys are two singles, and then where do you go from there, right? Because it's just it's the wall. Everything moves quicker than ever before. Yeah, you know, in our in entertainment and it's mm-hmm. just in society and culture in general. Okay. So I don't know if I like that, <laughs> but I can't do anything about it. Well, it's definitely out of your control. So there's only. You can only really handle what is in your control. Yeah. And so to punch. we're going to do a third single. It came out actually on Friday. It's called Time Speeding Up. Okay. And that's going to be single number three. So that just went to radio on Friday. Mm-hmm. So we'll, you know, hopefully that'll keep people interested in the album. The tour being six months after the release of the album yeah. is intentional again for that reason. Like just to keep the album front of mind for a okay. little longer than mm-hmm. a minute and a half. <laughs> Give a little bit of breathing room like the first what run is for the new us and uh new well us, the yeah. new us and yeah. vintage love were those two singles that you guys toured off for that yeah. correct well we went out we went and played all this all summer yeah basically like festivals and and that kind of stuff and this is the sort of only headlining run that we'll do for the album okay so let's get into some of the singles off of this album the first single off the album the new us is mm-hmm. probably your guys's definitely your guys's most political song and my goodness, probably since Gun Control back in 2008. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. what made you guys suddenly decide that 
you wanted to jump within that political realm again. Well, I think it wasn't a conscious decision. Mm-hmm. I think that if something is like bothering us, you know, bothering, you know, Colin being the main lyricist, but in the case of the new us, we it was very collaborative. We wrote it together, even the lyrics. Um, it, you know, it's a reaction to the mania of of the Trump era. Mm-hmm. You know how insane things have become, and um, you know, lashing out in anger. I don't know if it does much good, but it's kind of a release. You know, you kind of have mm-hmm. to get it out somehow. And in our case, it came out in the form of that song, which was like a blinding flash of light. It was written so quickly. I think it was all mm-hmm. done in about an hour and a half. Mm-hmm. So we were inspired to write it and we wrote it and you know as soon as you put something out like that you're gonna half the audience is gonna turn away you know at least Mm -hmm. I mean that's just the nature of how divided people have become so you accept that Mm -hmm. and you and you move on well and that's part of it is part of the mania of all of this is people that you could just have civil discussions with 10 years ago and those differences truly didn't make that much of a difference but now you have like those small variances in opinion yeah. and everyone's got to make a giant deal out yeah, of it yeah and it ends friendships and it ends fanships and mm-hmm. we, people had people have tweeted us like I, I won't be listening to you guys anymore really and, yeah and it's like you gotta it's a risk you gotta take if you're gonna write a song like mm-hmm. that so gun control never Same really thing. was well a single though it wasn't so. a single exactly but people did not appreciate great give us a second <laughs> people this is no worries. This is live. Sorry, this is our merch guy, Garrick. Just doing an interview here, Garrick. Oh, sorry. No all worries, right. Garrick. It's all Sh- right. Should be done soon. It, it keeps the uh, realism. Yeah, we're on a bus. We're outside a venue. Yeah, this exactly. That's that's where the uh, nice little hum in the background is coming from. That's the from. generator, yeah. Yeah, so... Gun control, right. So, yeah. But I will say this, that about that song, mm-hmm. is uh, when we were touring that record, people would come up to us all the time and say, like, you know, I really don't appreciate you guys weighing in. Especially Americans. They didn't appreciate us weighing in on what they consider to be their issue you mm-hmm. know but it's just an opinion on the it's matter it's just an opinion though. also I think it's you know I I care about what happens in the states it's the biggest most influential country on the planet so well, how, it's human lives regardless it's human lives and it's like I go there my dad lives there you know I, I'm there mm-hmm. all the time I'm raising kids who will eventually spend a lot of time in the states inevitably because it's a great country mm-hmm. but um I so I care and we all care and I don't think that being born in a different country doesn't absolve you from being allowed to have an opinion well definitely not and especially as somebody whose career and work takes them through that country where you never know if something yeah it's crazy that could possibly happen especially like in these days where there is a lot more concerts and other things that are being affected it's crazy by those I mean let's get off that matter and more so was the decision to make this a single, like, did you guys feel like it was a risk in yeah. doing that? Yeah, we actually didn't, the band didn't want it to be the first single. Yeah. Um, we didn't want to lead with it. Mm-hmm. And I still don't know if it was the right right call, but um, but our radio promo people were really, mm-hmm. they, work for, they work for Universal, that, that's the people who worked at our record, at, uh, at the radio. And they were, they were like, this is a raging rocker, it's, you know, it's of the times. Mm-hmm. I think we thought people would embrace it a little more than they did. I think people are afraid, radio programmers and everybody are just afraid to really say anything too extreme for fear of losing listeners. Like, Well, that's part of it, because if even just playing that song, people are going to come out and say, well, how can you support them in doing mm-hmm. this and all that? And then they're going to backlash on the radio station. Yeah just for supporting a band that they've been supporting for, for years. well over a decade. Yeah, no, it's true, man. And I think we did, I mean, it, it's it's all in the past now anyway. Mm-hmm. I'm glad we wrote it, and it's a great song live. We, we love playing mm-hmm. it, so it's not uh, anything I regret, but maybe we, maybe we wouldn't have put it out as the first single. Mm-hmm. We could do it over. Well, it is definitely one of those raging rockers, and like the energy behind what you guys are trying to portray with it definitely requires that type of... Yeah movement and music lends itself to those lyrics yes yes definitely and then the uh second single that you guys went for off that one vintage love definitely more of a change up but also sort of follows into that classic trues yeah like rock and roll like you can 
jam along with it the vibe of the guitars and the drums is very smooth and it's like the lyrics are always like that general like happiness is like where does that song come from um well that started out as a riff and a melody that i was tinkering with in Mm -hmm. my basement and it was very like like a lot of songs Mm -hmm. that we write begin as little folksy little numbers you know Mm -hmm. like finger picking and um i didn't think it would be a rocker when we were coming up with it and i brought it to one of our sessions with jack and colin and usually we work for about four hours at a time Mm -hmm. and we by the end of that four hours we had the line modern age and vintage love and we had most of the lyrics Mm -hmm. um and then but it was still very much like almost acoustic finger picked Mm -hmm. not like not unlike in the morning or that song yeah and the duet that you guys had yeah mm-hmm. yeah so but it, ha- it was in that vein and then when I showed it to Max Kerman who mm-hmm. is from you know the Arkell singer he, he's a pal and he was at my house and I was playing him some of our demos and he he's the one who pointed out he's like this is a great song but it's it's a rocker like you're, mm-hmm. not, you're playing it wrong <laughs> basically mm-hmm. and he saw it as like a really upbeat song yeah and he was right because it, it really worked well and mm-hmm. so we went in the studio with Max and he sort of co-produced uh, session where we did okay. that song we did that song and Jericho and Is It Too Late mm-hmm. his picks out of our demos and we just cut them live off the floor at a studio called Chukasa mm-hmm. north, and just outside of Hamilton oh wow yeah and that so that then we had that in the can and we still felt like something was sort of missing and, and we sent everything to Derek who we did the new us with mm-hmm. Derek Hoffman and we sent him Vintage Love and he took the component parts from that live performance stripped mm-hmm. away a whole bunch of stuff and then sort of put it back together again mm-hmm. and that's the version you hear on the record okay because now that you explain where it sort of comes from like the chorus you can definitely feel that where it comes in with just the one voice and like the small amount of instrumentation yeah. and then it just comes in with the full yeah. force of everything it's like, almost like a remix like the, yeah. the album that ended up or sorry the, the version that ended up on the album is almost like a bit of a remix mm-hmm. which is what we liked about it it reminded us of uh like U2 mm-hmm. in the Octon Baby era like it was a very like exploratory experimental recording mm-hmm. of a pretty straightforward song well very straightforward but it explores a lot of energies and emotions where yeah. it goes from that very like calm like calling out like this is love and then it yeah. just like comes in like I said with that full force and then there's just suddenly that explosion of energy into the song where it like just almost demands that you move your feet yeah, <laughs> yeah I have to give Derek full points for that the producer because he he had a vision for it too mm-hmm. like where it came from it started out very humbly mm-hmm. uh, as like a little finger pick melody and then it ended up somewhere, somewhere totally different which is what I love about the creative process of going in to make a record you know yeah. things end up miles away from where they began okay sometimes yeah definitely so civilian airs is the latest album where does the title of that like um, come from where's the so i was in la yeah. with my wife and just my one kid at the time i have two kids now um congratulations thank you very much one of them's not even a year yet so um anyway me and my boy and Jenny went down to Venice Beach to mm-hmm. go to a vintage shop. I think they did. They do jeans, and, and it, it's called Civilianaires. Oh wow! Maybe it's called Civilianaire. And um, we went there, and Jenny said we're going to the place Civilianaire. I was like, "What the hell, the hell does that mean?" She's like, "Oh, it's just a vintage shop." So I wrote it down in my notes in my phone because I have a I have a note mm-hmm. memo that's like pages and pages long of just lyric ideas, so, like some starting points for songs, and um, that was. The beginning of it, uh, I, I forgot about it, but two months later I was noodling on the guitar with like a riff that I thought was a bit reggae-ish, and I came across that line, and that was the beginning of the song, and then we did a session with my brother Colin and his fiance Serena. Yeah. We did like a, a session where we built it into more of a tune, that's where mm-hmm. the melody came from. That's another song that took a long journey, because then we took it to Bob Rock. Mm-hmm. Uh, in Vancouver and we did a totally different version it was kind of mm-hmm. upbeat at first and then he, we made it into a really slow moody song like Lou Reed-ish and Bob added that really cool bass line that's off the top uh, and then Derek did his mix to it so mm-hmm. that song had a long journey anyway that's a very long winded answer yeah I'm gonna take a break here for whoever right. there's just doing an interview here I wanna say hi to the Desert Tiger Podcast. Desert Tiger Podcast. Desert Tiger Podcast. Hello. Oh, hello. hello, Desert Tiger Podcast. Oh, Desert Jeff Tiger says hello to Jeff. Keyboards for us. Oh, so he's the uh, 
touring keyboard player. Yeah, yeah, it has been for over oh, 10 years, over 10 over years. 10 now. Oh, 11 wow. years. So, ten. actually, Just over ten. coming on that decision, you guys never really had much of a keyboard sound before. Like, you guys had a little bit of piano here and there in tracks. What, where did the decision to add the like an actual legitimate keyboard player to the live show come from? Because it adds an element to a live show that a lot of bands it don't started, seem to actually It, it started with our third album, No Time For Later, with Gus, the producer, who wanted to do a bunch of stuff. And he brought in Liam, is it Killen? Uh, O'Neill. O'Neill, right, Liam O'Neill, and from the Stills. And now okay. he's replaced with Kings of Leon. He's, he's a man oh, of, wow. a jack of all trades, a man that plays many instruments very well. He plays. Hmm. He also plays horns in the Sam Roberts band, I think. Anyway, really talented guy, came to New York, Overdu- ended up overdubbing so much keyboard on that album mm-hmm. that we, as soon as we finished that album, we're like, oh, I guess we gotta hire a keyboard player. And that's where Jeff, we met Jeff, and we've been playing with him ever since. But all of our records since then, then did have a pretty big keyboard element. Like he played all over Hope and Ruin, and, and the self-titled album, and the Acoustic Live record, and Highway Heroes, and the EP, Thank You and I'm Sorry. So yeah, everything since then had a bit, quite a bit more keyboard. And definitely does have his touch in the background here and there. Oh yeah, right. definitely. Fantastic. Yeah. So I definitely want to get into who were some of the collaborators on this album because I know that you guys have always had a strong, talented group of honorary band members behind the scenes. But of course, before we get into that, we're going to take a small break. And part of that break, I want to take a moment to talk to the DTP listeners about the Civilionaires Tour, which is currently still going on. Like I told you guys, I saw the band here in Kamloops, British Columbia, but if you're in Canada, don't fret, there's still lots of dates left on this tour. Like, if you're in Vancouver, British Columbia tomorrow, that being January the 25th of 2019, you can go ahead and catch them at the Commodore Ballroom. On January 26th, they're going to be in Kelowna, B.C. From there, they're heading into Alberta, where on the 28th of January, they're going to be playing in Grand Prairie. Then they head off to Edmonton, where they're going to be doing a double header on the 30th and 31st of January. Then to kick off February, they're going to be playing in Calgary at the Palace Theatre. On the 3rd, you can find them in Medicine Hat. In Red Deer, Alberta on February 4th at Bose Bar and Grill. And on the 5th of February, you can find them in Lethbridge at Average Joe's. From there, they're heading into Saskatchewan, where on the 7th, they're going to be playing Prince Albert. On the 8th, they're going to be hitting up Saskatoon. And on the 9th, they're going to be hitting up my hometown of Regina, Saskatchewan, playing up the casino there, which is a wonderful venue. Wonderful venue. And from there, those of you who are in Ontario... If you were on Waterloo on the 15th, Thorold on the 16th, Kingston on the 20th, London on the 22nd, Toronto, Ontario on February the 23rd, and of course, Barrie, Ontario ends this run of the Civilianaires Tour, and that will be on the 1st of March. So if you are in any of those cities, go ahead, check out this band. This tour is amazing. They're playing like two-hour sets, you guys, so don't miss it. I also want to go ahead and shout out those of you who picked up your Desert Tiger t-shirts. Like I said at the beginning of the show, it's the thing that keeps us growing. It's what helps me bring you the show every week for free, for free, like I said, for free. Because you're repping TTP. Yeah! So to those of you that go ahead and rep the shirt, thank you so very much. If you haven't head over to our social media yet, that being our Facebook, Instagram, or our Twitter, to check out these shirts or all our fans wearing them, that's right. If you send us a picture of you wearing the shirt, we're going to put you on the Desert Tiger social media because you love us and we love you. I don't know why I'm in a singing mood. Maybe it's because I'm having such a great time editing this episode. Ah, I'm just loving life right now. I hope that you guys are as well. So like I said, if you want to go and support the show that one extra step, of course you can do it the free way by sharing this episode or rating and reviewing the show. All are acceptable ways of supporting the Desert Tiger podcast, and I love all of you that go ahead and put in that extra effort 
more than just hitting that play button, you don't know how much of a difference it means to me. And actually, you guys should go and keep an eye on our social media because we're dropping new shirt designs left and right. We released one last week. I've got one that I'm going to be like showing off very soon and it is absolutely adorable. I think people are actually really going to love this one. It's it's freaking cute. And that's just not me saying that. I've shown it to a couple people, and the very small amount of people I have shown it to have just given me, like, really, really fantastic feedback on it. So I can't wait to show it to you guys, the Desert Tiger listeners. And something else that you guys know that I love doing here on the show is playing a fantastic music for you. You already got treated to Civilionaires, the title track off of the latest album from The Trues. But now we're going to go ahead and play the second single off the album. It's one of the songs that we discussed earlier in my conversation with John Angus McDonald. So maybe you guys can go ahead and pick up on some of those details that we discussed earlier. Like how this song started out acoustically, how it starts out very stripped down, but then comes forward with this energy burst. This is Vintage Love. As if we couldn't see more than what we're meant to be And we want it all And we want it now As you were before we got caught in this revelry Where we want it all And we need it now something like that you guys have always been big on within your 
career is collaboration, whether it be with Gordy Johnson or other people. One name that you dropped earlier when talking about civilianaires is Max Kerman. Like, Gordy is somebody who had already been established within the Canadian music scene for well over a decade. Max is somebody who, like, the Arkells is somebody that started well after you guys had Yeah, I mean, it, so. I first came across those guys when they were opening for us. Like, mm -hmm. when I first became aware of them around 2008 when we were, on, we were on our third album. I think they were just putting out their first album. Okay. And so, yeah, they've had a meteoric kind of rise in recent years. Do you find that you guys are trying to add a little bit more youth with your collaborations these days? Well, Colin pointed out, it's not that conscious, but Colin did mm -hmm. point out that like up until a few years ago, everybody we worked with was somebody you know, older than us, like yeah. somebody with more experience in the industry, mm -hmm. whether it's like Gordy Johnson or Jack Douglas or Gordy Sinclair, or mm -hmm. Gus Van Gogh, Gavin Brown, all these people that, you know, 10, 12 years or more ahead of us down the road and like more experience and that's the kind of stuff that you're, you're you're learning from and you're picking up tricks and all this kind of stuff and now I mean it's, it's just a mark of getting older ourselves mm -hmm. like there's people that are coming up behind us that we're finding we can learn stuff from that you know mm -hmm. youthful naivete is it goes away you know what I mean you only have it for a little while and then you come across people like Brett Emmons from the Glorious Sons who yeah. I discovered opening for us in 2012 I produced their first album, first two albums, their oh, EP really? and album, yeah. And I immediately, like, Brett has a totally fresh take on mm -hmm. everything, you know, because he doesn't, he's not cynical, you know, he's not mm -hmm. jaded or anything like that. So, and I think, you know, Max has obviously got more experience than that, but he's also got, like, a fresh take on things. Derek Hoffman, same thing, you know, like, he's not, he, he's not been around the block so many times that it's all old hat. He's still learning and exploring and pushing mm -hmm. the boundaries, you know. Um, mm -hmm. That's what I find inspiring about working with people that are maybe behind you by a decade mm -hmm. or so. Okay. In doing that, is it helping you guys find um, things within your creative process or things within yourselves that necessarily you didn't even know in writing beforehand? I think so. I mean, like, definitely working with Derek was so 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 different than any way that we'd ever written songs before like we would go in in the morning and Derek would have a chord change just like a simple chord change mm -hmm. like in the case of like time speeding up and he would put an amazing drum beat behind it like he would just build it in contact or in one of those trigger you know labs and pro tools or whatever and it would sound humongous We'd be like man that sounds so good and then we would just sit there out of those two chords and write an entire song in like three hours and then we just, we, as soon as we had the chorus, we'd send Colin in the booth. He would sing the chorus and sing it till he got it right. And we'd sing all the harmony. And then we'd say, okay, this needs a bridge now. And then we'd go back around the table, write the bridge. He would, because he's a wizard on the Pro Tools, he would just like, within 15 minutes, build the bridge for us. Mm -hmm. And then Colin would go in and sing it. And then we'd do all the harmony. And, and that's how those songs were written. And we've never, ever approached songwriting that way. To us, it was like utterly backwards, you know, wow. to have the track finished and then mm -hmm. write the song over it. Um, so... That was really cool. Never would have done. Never would have gotten there on our own. Never like, would have thought to approach it that way on our own. So that's the kind of thing, yeah. It's like rediscovering an entire different way, different approach. Mm -hmm. And as long as the results are good, I have no problem with how you get there. Yeah. You know, like as long as you like the song in the end, I don't really care how it came into life. You know. Mm -hmm. Okay. This latest album happens to be probably your biggest break between albums, considering that 2016 had a time capsule which yeah. was greatest hits more yeah exactly more of a greatest hits had two new tracks on I it I actually have four okay we were four. adamant that they let us do four okay so yeah so I remember that it started and ended with new tracks though yeah and then we well one of them is a remake of an old track we, we finally did sing your heart out properly like in, in the studio and then there was a song called well the beautiful and tragic a lot of work a little love and Chinese kites mm -hmm. were the new songs Chinese kites very very nice song I enjoy that very much but having four years between because they always say that your first album you have your entire lifetime and then every album in between that you maybe have what time you weren't on the road because you mm -hmm. don't want to necessarily just sing about being on the road mm -hmm. so Which we've this is victim to but. yeah so this is well not just completely doing it but it definitely does happen so with that in mind there's definitely a four-year gap between this album and that one did you guys find that you had a little bit more time a little bit more fuel to the lyrical fire i don't think that was it i think 
we've kept a pretty strict two-year uh, turnover rate for okay. records since 2003 when our first album came out. And some years were even busier because we'd have like, we had 08 with No Time For Later, then 09 with the live acoustic record, and then mm. 2010 we released Highway of Heroes, and then 2011 we did a new original album. So like yeah. some years were like really rolling with a lot of new releases and stuff. But um, what happened was between 2014 and 2018, we had a massive shakeup in our personal and professional lives. You know, like Sean Dalton left the band. Uh, we fired our manager. We had 15 years. I had two kids. Um, we changed labels, we changed management, um, quite a lot changed. Mm. So it took us a while to like sort of find our, uh, <laughs> how's that going to read? It took us a while to find our like uh, bearings again, I think. Mm. We were writing all the while, so okay. we, we literally have enough material for another record probably tomorrow if we mm. wanted to put it out. Um, we wrote a lot, me and Colin mm. and Jack, in that time, but um, it just took us a while to find the, the right, you know, circumstances I guess and feel okay, good feel so good about it with building a family and everything else between did you guys take a little bit of a break on no, the time capsule cycle or were no, you guys we, still going heavy we did a whole national tour on time capsule mm-hmm. we did two cruises <laughs> down mm-hmm. in the states like rock cruises or whatever um, you know we, we were busy we were busy it wasn't that it was just like changing members is hard you yeah. know when we've we, when you've been with somebody for 15 years then mm-hmm. it's like that took a little bit that was, there was some growing pains mm-hmm. around that and um, management that took up a lot of time and energy te- like attention and patience and then you gotta find new people to replace all these people then you gotta feel inspired mm-hmm. about your music you know and like I, I think between the Bob Rock and the Max Kerman sessions we didn't feel like we found the right sort of combination uh, to like really unlock the new record until we mm-hmm. met Derek. When we met Derek, we were like so inspired by what we were making that we, the, the record went fast at that point. Let's Having um, one member fallout, it wasn't like necessarily a bad fallout, but even then, having someone who is a part of what is considered a family when you spend so much time on the road together and mm-hmm. in the studio well, and, and literal, else. And literal family. He's yeah, actual, no. actually related. In doing that, did you guys find that you had to take a little bit of time in finding that initial replacement? Was no, writing? We had no time at all, actually, because mm-hmm. that happened during a tour. Oh like, wow! The the shit finally hit the fan on the road. Mm-hmm. Things were sort of um, hinting at a combustion for about six months before that. But um, we basically started a tour, and we probably shouldn't have with Sean on the drums, and he ended up sort of like melting down on the road and we had to send him back and that led to him leaving the band so his replacement is this you know Gavin McGuire great guy mm-hmm. amazing drummer but we didn't have any chance to like figure anything out we just knew that it sounded good so he joined um, okay. we didn't we never really wrote anything with Gavin we never found mm-hmm. a sort of writing relationship with him um, mm-hmm. so that ended up not lasting either yeah it's not easy so now manning the drums is Chris Gormley. How did you guys end up finding Chris? And we stole him from Big Sugar. <laughs> yeah, obviously that uh, Gordy Johnson connection for sure. <laughs> no, we knew Chris before that actually. Mm-hmm. Uh, he had a bank duo with his brother called Daylight for Dead Eyes. Okay. Um, and they're very good. And basically, we started getting together with him about two years ago to write songs. But I, we didn't know if they were songs for Big Sugar or songs for Daylight for Dead Eyes or songs for The Truth. Turns out they were, at least two of them made our last record. Wow. And, uh, yeah, he's just a really great member. Mm-hmm. You know, like, he brings a lot of uh, enthusiasm and he's, you know, a really fun guy to write songs with. Um, so it's been it's been good. All right, awesome. So we're closing in on about half an hour now. So well, everybody else is here if you want to yeah. ask anybody else a question. Well, I mean, let's go with um, you guys having that time capsule sort of being a bookend. This is that first chapter of that new journey. So, That's a good way to put it. Did you guys find that there was a new energy going into this after coming off of that look back because something that you guys did with time capsule is you did that collector's edition where you actually went back and looked at every, like all 20 songs and you actually went across and broke down everything that went into them the creation the ideals of everything and sometimes like groups don't actually have the chance to sit down and look at 
12 years plus of creation. So after having like gone through that, collected that and actually be able to soak it in, where is that new chapter? Do you guys find that you have like a new vision going forward with this new journey? Is there a new ideal that you guys would like to go for? Is there somewhere that like you would like to push the music? Where is the ideal of the truths and where's the idea of the truths going to go forward now that you guys have sort of started that new book? Mm. That's a good one to unpack. Um, I, well, you're right about the, the greatest hits being a, in the vault being like a bookend moment. Mm-hmm. We were reluctant to put it out, but the vault was fun. I worked on the vault for a few months, like unearthing all that stuff, having to remix a bunch of that stuff. That was actually kind of inspiring. It was the first time I realized that we had something pretty special with uh, Dalton, you know, because we were very much all about creating new songs and all this kind of stuff and like even our bad even our bad outtakes quote unquote I was like oh these are pretty good you know I was I was enjoying them um but anyway that that was the closing of that chapter I guess and then um I think that what well, I don't know how to answer that except for to be kind of specific I think I'd like to make a record somewhat like civilianaires but a little more live so I like how exploratory the arrangements and the sounds are mm-hmm. on civilianaires but if we could marry that with live off the floor performance, because we're good enough to do that, you know, it's not like we need the studio to do the work. You know, this, some people need the studio as a crutch. They need the machines and they need the plugins as a crutch. Mm-hmm. For us, we could just use them as another instrument. Yeah, and that's that's what I think. That's what I'd like to do next. And that's that's a very specific answer to a very broad question. Yeah. Because I don't know how to answer the problem. No, there's no problem with that at all. So, um, something else I actually have to ask is, with Time Capsule, you guys did go back and look at it. Did you guys get to choose the songs that went on the album? Yeah. Yeah, we did. Awesome. How do you go about... I think the label would have stopped us if we asked them not to put Not Ready to Go on it or something like that, but (laughs) we knew what we were doing. Okay, so how do you go about curating something like that? Because, of course, there's those staples, those songs that you obviously probably have played at almost every song since you've released them, but there's got to be those like special children in that catalog that you guys just love where you every once in a while you just have to fit them in because you just want to have that well it's Ishmael and Maggie was never a single or anything but that's a song that I think it's one every, of the powerful ones that every truce fan powerful. would consider it like one of the best songs so uh, we wanted to put that on Highway of Heroes was a poor performing radio single mm-hmm. but it's like probably our our biggest reach that we've ever had, uh, you know, so that had to go on there. And then well, um, it's, it's definitely a powerful song for just because everyone can interpret a song in so many different ways. And the way that like you, like the words that you put into it, definitely isn't the way that somebody else like what they take from the song. But something where you tackle something where it's loss and sacrifice and something like that. It's something where it's. Somebody like so many people can connect to that common theme, but almost everybody has their own story and their own background and their own connection right. to it. Yeah, it's a good point. Definitely. I, well, yeah, that's one of those songs that means something different to a lot of different people. But okay. Anybody else want to weigh in? This mic's pretty pretty great. Look at it. Exactly. It's one of those flying orbs. Yeah, it's gonna it's gonna come and poke your eye out. Yeah, exactly. Watch out for it. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I, I agree with what Janaga said. Like, just like um, to keep kind of like we don't. We made a, a. Some people think we made this big left turn with civilianaires, and I mean I don't think so. I, I hear it as more like a gradual, like inevitable place to end up. And instead of like kind of freaking out and trying to go back somewhere else, I think we should keep going where we're going with civilianaires and make it a little bit more live. Because um, I, I was I'm really proud of that record. I really mm-hmm. I really like the way the band is sounding now and stuff so kind of like a, a short range answer because I mean really every decision is kind of done in six month increments in this business so we're thinking about six months in the future all the time but no further than that and uh, so yeah I think I think I would like to to keep on the trajectory on because I think it's writing a, a better story in the long run absolutely and that's something that with this album it definitely still has like a lot of that true's energy behind it but it does like sort of express out and definitely goes into a lot more 
expressions because you guys genre wise like even like just the subtleties of the things that you pick up from other musicians and everything else is it's like if you catch on to it it's really beautiful because like you can catch on to it just like any other trues album and you can flow through it from front to back there is just that small connection between it where it's there's that small underlying like you can still see the growth yeah in you. it cool well thanks for thanks for listening to it thank, well, thank you thanks for your time so man. yeah much. it was a good chat it it was a good chat. In fact, I am still riding off of the high from talking to the Trues crew there on Sunday. I want to go ahead and thank John Angus for joining me for the whole interview. I want to thank the rest of the band for joining in here and there. I want to thank Colin for also throwing in his opinion on the last question there about where does the band see themselves progressing on From Civilianaires. So... I hope that you guys, the listeners here at the Desert Tiger Podcast, enjoyed this little rumble through the jungle with John Angus McDonald of The Trues. Of course, if you liked what you heard today, please, please go rate and review the show. If you want to share it on any of your social media, that would help me out so, so very much more than you ever actually probably ever will know unless you meet me in person. And then I will tell you to your face how much it means to me. If you buy a shirt, heck, give me give me your cell phone number and the messages, and I will call you personally thanking you for buying that shirt if that's what you want. If you want to keep it low-key and keep it to my usual handwritten note, I can also do that. I love writing handwritten notes to the listeners, the supporters of the podcast. And of course, I'll throw in a couple stickers and maybe one of those little plastic wristbands as well. I'm working on getting those in ASAP. Those will also be up in the merch store soon. I want to send a huge, huge, epic, like massive. You guys don't know how wide I'm stretching out my arms right now. It's like to the point where it hurts. It hurts. Ah, but that's how big of a thanks I need to go ahead and give to Aaron who set this interview up. I am so, so very thankful for you for believing in me and allowing me this opportunity. I have been listening to this band since like grade 7 or grade 8 when I was just a wee little lad finding about out about new music on Much Music. I mean, I'm not sure how many people actually find out about new music on Much Music now. Is that still a thing? Somebody message me and tell me if much music still plays music. But besides that point, like, it's it's a huge, huge moment for me, and it just confirms what I'm doing here with the podcast, so I'm so very thankful about that. I also want to go ahead and thank a couple of local individuals here in the Kamloops region. First off, I need to go ahead and thank Drew McLean of Cameras Productions. He put on the show here. He always does a killer job of putting on shows here in the Kamloops region so mad love to Drew I have to go ahead and thank Nevin Webster for being down to support a homie whenever it is going on I was almost screwed out of some recording equipment I was having some problems with things Nevin was basically ready to lend me everything he had I didn't end up needing it but like he was there for me mad support and i also got to give some love to pizza pie some of you guys may not know this but i am still working while i'm doing all of the podcasting and everything else that i do so i mean pizza pie is where i put in some of my part-time work so i have to go ahead and thank my boss there i recently needed some microphones and he came through on a solid on me it was on a sunday a lot of people were out of town and he, he mad supported me, lent me two microphones when I needed the most, and thank you, Greg, down to Pizza Pie. If you're ever in Kamloops, stop in, grab yourself a slice. It's freaking delicious. Best pie in town. Best pie in town. Otherwise, I wouldn't work there. Okay, you guys, thank you guys so much for listening to this episode of the podcast. Of course, I will see you again next week with a fresh episode. I haven't really decided which one I'm going to release yet, so I'm going to say no names now. But if you guys follow us on social media, you will definitely find out on Monday. Otherwise, you can catch the DTP here once again next week on Thursday, wherever it is that you get your podcasts. Bye-bye.